Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the Comic Thoughts Podcast. We today oh, no. your beautiful baby oh, no. bouncing brother from another mother, Connor Kennedy. What is up, Connor? Hello. Not not our internet connection. Wow. Oh, okay, am I lagging? Uh, a little, a little. Um, but it's it's oh. it's legible. If if the audience doesn't understand, I'll just put subtitles in or something. I am oh. I am well. I am alive. Uh, I'm feeling good. I did a lot of gardening yesterday. Uh, a lot of gardening. Yeah. I got a got a gnarly little splinter. I'm not sure how well you can see that. Not really. Uh, I don't think we can. There we uh, go. To 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 the listeners, to the listeners, uh, Connor is flipping off the camera and it, it, showing us. That's my the wrong finger. finger. Yeah, I got a <laughs> little, I got a, I got a splinter in my uh, yeah. right hand ring finger, and uh, pull it out, pull I, it out live I, on I, camera. I pulled out half of it and it snapped off, so there's more stuff in there. Yeah. So um, yeah, we are sandless today. You're, oh yeah, you're also joined by me, Ash, the big bad Ash DC fan, DC slut, DC um, Stan. <laughs> and yeah, we are sandless today. Sam. Uh, has been found out by the Tasmanian uh, border authorities to have been hiding out in Adelaide this whole time. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, he's um, an invasive species is what Sam is. He's not actually an illegal alien, um, an invasive species, much like the cane toad. So um, they need to pop him back Yeah, they off. need to quarantine that shit. A good Samaritan reported him, a good Samaritan rhyming with Bonner Benedy and um, Bashraf, Babdul Bablim. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I don't know who those would be, but um, yeah, very those, good uh, job. Those keeping... amazing heroes of this country should be rewarded with some sort of medal of valor. Or Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, what what is Australia known for except for really good border patrol? We never let yeah, anyone... I mean, send fucking sink those boats. I'm going to put Sam on yeah. a fucking cruise ship and sink it. Outsiders. What? Someone's just Oh my god, my it's Cappy. Oh, you Cappy's walking in. It's my sister. Yeah, okay. We saw her arm. Um, we're going to get her on the podcast Shout sometime. out on... To Candace, yeah, yeah, we should yeah. get Candace on the podcast. Ashraf says hi. Yeah, um, she said hi. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, if a sister named Candace, just like Phineas and Ferb, if you ever watched that show, <laughs> I, I have watched that show. That show is yeah. is brilliant. Um, I I actually genuinely love um Phineas and Ferb. It's I watched it's, the Marvel crossover on Disney Plus recently again. I didn't. I feel completely forgot about that. I yeah. Th- there are so many episodes I love. There's the one where they're trying to re get the band that that old rock band back together. That their parents yes. liked. Yeah, yeah. And I think did uh, they to, win an award for one of the songs? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they did. I think you're right. And got rhythm. Um, I'm gonna say it's an Emmy or a Grammy or something. I mean, something. I'm good Emmy. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. That that band show. episode was really good. All the songs uh, are still stuck in my head. Yeah, no, they're, they're yeah. like genuinely good songs. Um, every everything about that. I mean, everything about that show. Uh, and like, it's you know what? It's yeah. the best part isn't even Phineas or Ferb. It's uh, fucking um, Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, Doofenshmirtz and Perry. What a great dynamic! <laughs> it's a great, great, structure, greatly structured show. If you have Disney Plus, go watch it. Speaking about kids shows and movies, uh, the DC Super Pets trailer came out today. And <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Have you watched it? Um, I didn't actually know it came out until you posted a messenger like 20 minutes ago. And I'm like, I should probably watch that before the episode. And then I appreciate to make myself a cup of tea and I didn't watch it. Um, um you know, I've, I've seen posters and okay, it yeah. looks, it looks like, like, I, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. It looks like, um, 
who are the guys, who are the guys who made the Minions movies? They also made that Grinch movie. Yeah, Illumination. They look. It's it looks like a, it looks like a movie Illumination would make. Yeah, uh, I gotta agree with you on that one. I unfortunately, even though I'm a DC stan, this might be a movie I might skip in the cinemas. Fair. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ashraf clearly isn't so desperate to talk about DC that he wants to subject himself to anything. Um. No. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, John Krasinski. I really don't give a shit. Who's playing crypto? Uh, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Um, because the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. That's what he keeps saying about Black Adam. So he's going from Black Adam, a murderous despot psychopath to a dog in the same year i don't even but uh, why dwayne johnson because i don't know dude like <laughs> not once in any of the cartoons but comics plays Superman, but yeah. i've i've never once thought you know he'd be great at crypto you know he'd be an amazing crypto dwayne the rock johnson yeah, I think he he should play Kryptonite because he's a rock. <laughs> I think they got confused with the casting. It's uh, such a shame I, too because he sh- like he showed up kids- for a Fantastic Four um, <laughs> casting. <laughs> the, the rock. Yeah, and you have John Krasinski in the movie as well because like people keep fan casting him as Fantastic uh, Mr. Fantastic. Interesting, interesting. I I fucking hate John Krasinski. But yeah, go on. <laughs> I, as a person, I, not as the, an actor. The, this cast is it's not even like so for, for for a movie like this like the cast isn't weird in the sense that i'm like shocked and curious to see what it's like like it's it's like it's like the the only way this cast list could have been more hey we want a hollywood cast is if fucking chris pratt was involved ah jesus <laughs> um I actually saw this really genuinely. It made me quite actually laugh a lot louder than it should have. It was a it was a little breaking news. Um, Chris Pratt is reportedly voicing Andrew Garfield in the No Way, no Way Home movie, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, you he know what? Sundays. That is fucking because he's Garfield and he's someone else, isn't he? Huh? Mario, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mario yeah, yeah, and yeah. Garfield. Yeah, you he's think Italian Mario... washing. I mean, whitewashing Italians. <laughs> he's think... taking two Italian icons, Mario and Garfield. Garfield God. famous for ingesting lasagna. Which is as Italian. Somehow, Ashraf, yeah. you took a whitewashing joke and made it more racist. Um, <laughs> do you think Chris Pratt's Mario... I have no fucking care for uh, DC Spurs. Do you think uh, Chris Pratt's Mario is ever going to meet Sonic, the live-action Sonic? Uh, I doubt it. I think... do, you, do you think they'll do Mario and Sonic the Olympic Games live-action movie? Sonic and Mario have been in a movie together in Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph by, by that I mean Bowser and Mario I mean, Bowser and Sonic at least you know what Wreck It Ralph they should do a live action adaptation Dwayne The Rock Johnson should play Wreck It Ralph and, uh, he should <laughs> it's called Ready Player One but yeah you know, no, you know what yeah no Ready Player One this is all part of the same universe fucking Pixels they'll have Adam Sandler there god I hate talking about these fucking movies um, um bit- moving on uh, it's such a shame because like DC had the Lego franchise with Lego Batman and stuff and then Warner Brothers sold that license to fucking Universal and now we're stuck with DC Super Pets and the upcoming Funko Pop movie. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. There's a Funko Pop movie? Yeah, it's coming out. There's rumors that the Funko Pop, that the Funko Pop movie will feature Marvel and DC characters, but don't hold your breath. I mean, the, um, 
Lego the, movie featured Star Wars and DC characters. So. T- I'm telling you right, right now, Ashraf. I'm telling you right now. If the movie is produced by Epic Games, then they can have anyone in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen like, like, like fucking pictures I keep seeing of like people playing fucking Fortnite and just seeing all these characters? Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> cool. It's cool that it's like, cool. Yeah. I just wish it was in a better game. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't like Fortnite because I'm bad at it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to leave. I'm not great at battle royales. I'm not great at death matches either. Unless you give me a shotgun in a small uh, corridor, I'm bad at them. I also don't like Fortnite because with the amount of characters in it and like all these characters from different franchises, you have characters who shouldn't use guns but are using guns anyway. Like Superman and Batman should be using guns. You're you're more angry about the out of character stuff than you are yeah, yeah, the I, actual I mean, game. Okay, so in the explanation in the Fortnite universe is that a lot of the time they're not Batman or Superman or any of these other characters. They're just characters who look like them. And the other thing is that the Batman comic explains this. The Batman Fortnite crossover explains this. It's when when they go into the the Fortnite world, they lose their memory, and and they're also not killing anyone, allegedly. We had the uh, Speaking, yeah. yeah? Speaking about killing. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna run away from the fun subjects for a while. Do you wanna go and talk about something? Uh, yeah. We, okay. We keep, we keep going on tangents in other podcasts talking about this specific thing. Yeah, my which is, and Sam never seems to have any interest. So maybe it's good that he's not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam never says anything to this because he's a metalhead who likes venom, and all venom does is eat people. <laughs> That's not true. He, um, he gave That's an old, he, he gave an old lady her purse back once. Oh yeah, I think yeah. that panel is pretty famous. Um, yep. Um, Out of context is all fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Should superheroes kill? Depends. I don't think it's a blanket statement. Yeah, I don't think phrasing it like I have, I don't think it's a blanket statement as well. And it also depends who you define as a superhero. Maybe like it, it, I won't say Punisher is a superhero. I guess it comes down to the question: What is a superhero? Yeah, what is a superhero? Like Peacemaker calls a, himself a superhero. But that is he, would you call him a superhero? Uh, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, it, yeah, yeah, it, it, it really depends. You're right. It depends on the context. Um, I think that there are certain superheroes like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man who shouldn't kill in, in, under any circumstance. I think someone like Superman definitely... <laughs> 99 times out of 100 should definitely not kill. I, I don't I don't see that for him. As far as someone dying due to Superman's action, a bit different. Yeah, the thing with Zod in Man of Steel, I'm still undecided. I, I, I still genuinely believe that they shouldn't have had him just snap Zod's neck. Um, no, yeah, they shouldn't Because that was a bit much for a Superman. Um, fuck, like, I, someone like Batman, no. No, no, definitely no, no. Not. not intentionally. No, like the only way you could ever go, oh, Batman justifiably kills is if it's an Elseworld story, and the idea is that you're telling what if Batman lost his shit, um, and in which case it's basically just injustice, but Batman. Yeah, or fucking Zack Snyder's Batman. I I also don't like the Nolan trilogy for like Batman saying that I'm I don't have to kill you, but I won't save you either. I think that's stupid. I think Batman will always try to save everyone, even villains. Yeah, it's... 
that one line i think is i don't think anyone really debates it much anymore uh just because <laughs> let's be real as much as um i actually really like uh batman begins i think a lot of people do yeah i, I like it as well. whenever we talk the nolan trilogy we aren't talking the nolan trilogy are we, we when someone says the, the nolan yeah we're talking about the one the one movie uh that yeah. everyone talks about when you batman say batman. nolan's batman was great what people are talking about is the one second movie the sequel in the middle of that trilogy the other two movies were okay they they were fine for what they were not the best batman i i actually i'm not sure if i didn't i didn't hate christian bale as batman i didn't hate him as bruce wayne but i certainly don't think he's the most interesting bruce wayne um yeah i I think Batman I in those know. movies. I don't know. Probably... I, I don't know what to say about his Bruce Wayne. I, I the, the, like... the, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, I, I like the conflict that he has with himself and everything. Um, I like the the fact that they focus a lot on the Bruce Wayne aspect of, of his life. It's important. Movie. It's important yeah. if you're going to do a Batman origin story, like you should. What did you think of Gotham? The TV series. I Gotham was not good. <laughs> really, I liked it. Uh, I liked it for what it was, but the more it went on, the more I didn't like it. It had the small build problem. Was like just show us. You know the the thing that the show is leading up to instead of like teasing us do you think that there's actually room for a live action just a batman tv series because i think that show proves that you could literally just do a batman live action tv series that's like proper like a proper batman series because you don't need to have a hollywood budget to make a decent because batman has always been you know kind of a guy right like like that's the um, thing he can you can down to earth the the event i i always thought like a, a detective themed show for a live action batman would be awesome so he's doing a lot more like crime like puzzle solving dealing well, with that kind of criminal if, if you want that then gotham proves that that can't happen because that's not what gotham is gotham I, is not down to earth at all i it's think like really i thought gotham proved that you can at least get away with the budget of a tv show for a halfway decent batman series uh and if you if you take if you if you replace some of that budget with just putting more time into decent right like better writing because I liked Gotham for what it was but there were a lot of moments where I'm like eh, eh. it's no. really it's I don't know it got on my nerves a lot of the time and like there was a lot of wily coyote stuff where like Jim Gordon and Harvey Bullock had guns and are shooting at villains and you know they're not gonna hit Scarecrow or Bane or any of these characters it's just that's fair and i don't like the fact that they couldn't use joker so they used like a joker xp and they kept using him too much and they kept killing him off and bringing him back and it's it had a lot of things wrong with it and including gordon not having a mustache uh like the, the, the aspects i liked about it i like the, the relationship between bruce and selena and i liked how they portrayed bruce and alfred's relationship with each other and how Bruce is kind of a weird child. Um, but I think Gotham is like, it kind of overstayed its welcome for me. Five years is... That is fair. That is yeah. a fair, uh, absolutely a, a fair uh, shake of it. Batman shouldn't kill. Um, Superman, very rarely. I don't think because, I think because Superman doesn't have a no-kill rule. Batman does kill in Gotham as well. It's fucked up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, mean, I suppose if you're going to have a true to the classic comics Batman, then him murdering people is, is just for is all it is. Like that's the thing. The OG yeah. Batman was a straight up just a cold hearted son of a bitch. Yeah, we but like, even he's have only a... a straight up murderer for 
a very, very, very short time. He's uh, not killed longer than he has it, killed. It took until Batman issue number four, and he didn't even have his own book for a while. He was Detective Comics. Man yeah, he was in Detective Comics, but like it was a few in years. The grand scheme, in the grand scheme, yes. I mean, in the grand Tiny, scheme, Superman, didn't, Superman yeah. didn't fly for the first few years. So, like, it yeah. is one of those things where it's like it's not the Batman we recognize. Um, you're 100 so correct. minuscule that it doesn't doesn't even you know garner even talking about that. Besides, I guess no one looks at that as a Batman origin, as the Batman origin anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I like, think. you know, if, if you're going to go that path, then like, you know, the iconic rogues gallery didn't really appear until the main Batman book. Joker was like, the like, uh, like he would have, he would have died if it wasn't for an editor going, actually, you know what? I think we should keep this one around. Like literally it was just one, like one guy, right? Wasn't it like, ah, oh, you know what? No, there's potential. Keep him around. And then that's the reason we have the Joker. It's funny enough, in his first appearance, there's multiple Jokers in there as well. But um, it's really weird. yeah. But back to your point that you asked, like, could a Batman show work in live action? Uh, I don't think it can, and I, I don't think they should. Really, I, I, okay. Why? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Titans has a really good Batcave and a really good Batmobile and stuff, and it sort of proves it. But at the same time, it's like, I think. I've I've changed a lot this year. I think when it comes to superheroes, I think uh, they shouldn't be adapted. I think comics is the best medium for them ever. And uh, if you're gonna translate it to a live action TV show, there's gonna be some stuff lost that you can't, that you just can't do. It's like you can't really do Clayface. You can't really do. Uh, well, that's the thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say do Clayface. I wouldn't say even do something yeah, but, like. Yeah, but then, then I feel like I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I mean, how would you even do Clayface? Like, how would you do Clayface, personally? They, they've done it on Gotham. How would I do Clayface? Uh, I mean, like, because they did Sandman. So it's just basically him, but a watery. And they did Hydro-Man pretty well in, in Spider-Man Far, Far From Home. Uh, Far From Home. Yeah, I watched that again. Um, yeah, they, they could do Clayface. They tried to do Clayface in Gotham, like Basil Carlo. Like, I completely forgot about that. that. And um, there, there's some shapeshifters in the Flash, and some like very cool special effects for blood work that looks like Clayface. <laughs> it's actually really funny. I just want to note before we keep going, you you've, you've just gone. Not sure if we should do live action adaptations of of uh, superheroes anymore, but also <laughs> yeah, one of the subjects you want to talk about is Flash yeah. Armageddon. So I'm curious yeah. to know what your opinion is on Flash Armageddon. Actually, you know what? Transition real quick. What is your opinion on Flash Armageddon? <laughs> We're all going all the way there. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go there. We'll come back to the should superheroes kill thing. Uh, okay, moment, so yeah. But we've made a... I've, I've, so, I've taken this off the topic so quickly. Because, because, COVID, <laughs> because COVID has affected TV production so much. And like the CW shows are really feeling it. Um, and yeah, because of that, like the CW shows can't have like their animal crossovers the way they usually do them. So in place of that, this year, they're doing something called Armageddon, which is a five episode crossover um in the flash tv show where the flash will cross over the superhero every episode but not all at the same time from what i understand and um it's it's very much still sort of a flash episode just with special guests each episode uh but it's called armageddon because uh it deals with uh a megalomaniacal alien despot that people are familiar with called despero he's like him do you know despero <laughs> I would be lying to you if I said I could call what he looks like. Uh, he's appeared in a few shows, Justice League, Young Justice, uh, 
Um, uh, hang on, Brave and the Bold. DC yeah. Despero. Yeah, he's a uh, he has like three eyes and everything. Most of the time when he appears in comics, he's like uh, a brute. Uh, oh, De- hang on, Despero. He he's he's got the fucking fin on his head. No wonder I didn't recognize him. Yeah, he's three eyes. Yeah, he's yeah, a no- eye. No wonder I looked at the one from the Flash and went, I I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know the okay, I know the character just purely from his look. Like he looks, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he He's looks a, like a Dragon Ball character actually. He does why. kind of. Uh, yeah. So most of the time he appears, he's a brute, a three-eyed psychic, um, brute who can take on the likes of the Green Lantern Corps, uh, without breaking a sweat, and um, there's not really that much to him. And um, when he appears in this TV show, I, in the promos and the trailers, every, they kind of fool you by thinking that the CW doesn't have any budget because he's just like, he looks like a normal human guy. But in the actual show, they, he transforms into his comic form, which is the huge purple, like three-eyed monster alien. <laughs> oh, so he does actually have his proper yeah. form. I mean, the CW, considering what they were with, like even as, uh, like even Flash season two, as far back as then when they did King Shark, like they can do some things. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's I, I like watching those shows because it's so earnest in the way that they accomplish so much with such a little budget. I'm like, mm. I don't think they could do Gor- Gorilla Broad or an army of <laughs> psychic gorillas, but they did it and it looked good. <laughs> Uh, it, I didn't think they could do Crisis on TV and it looked good. So maybe maybe Batman can look good on, on TV shows. I, I, I'd say if they can do Gorilla Grodd for a couple episodes in a whole season, they can do a whole season's worth of, of decent Batman yeah, runs. Especially I mean, because like half of Batman's Rose Gallery. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, they, they don't have to sell you too hard, especially if it was a good cast and they were literally like, no, no, like this is going to, you know, you know they could do like Two-Face doesn't need too much budget, just decent makeup um joker actually doesn't need that much budget either yeah. like, you don't need a lot of money to make a good joker you just need to find the right actor i still yeah. i still hold out that mark hamill can one day play a really good live action joker even if it is to to sort of be like a, a bat even if it's like a batman beyond joker he plays like the he's trickster in the flash as well Exa- and that's exactly yeah. why i think he could <laughs> he yeah. actually does it well and if he had a great script and was just told go out there and be joker yeah, Joker, should, Joker should could be a bit. So yeah, so I, I guess Batman live action could be good. Well, what I'm trying to say when I talk about adaptation is that like the number one thing should always be comics. You know, it's like I don't need like I would love to see a live action adaptation of a bunch of comics, but like I'm happy with superheroes being in comics because that's the best medium in the world, <laughs> in the universe for superheroes, and I, you know, I love it so much, and um, everything else is. And add, uh, like everything else is just to draw people into reading more comics. I feel. I I feel like with uh, the industry is a little bit past trying to draw people to read comics in that sense. Um, with the with things like the MCU, I feel like in a lot of ways the MCU is becoming, and give it another ten years. If the MCU keeps even as strong as it is right now, give it another ten years. Like I'm not saying comics will ever be irrelevant. They won't. The comics comics will always find a way to move along. They are the cockroach in many ways. Um, no. A beautiful lovely cockroach that i love to death um but you know in a lot of ways like they are a medium that will probably survive for a very long time and like I, I, i'm you know, glad sam's not here to have a fucking fit about this statement genuinely speaking i do think that there is a huge chance that the future of comics is, is digital um i don't don't like it necessarily but also at the same time like it will find a way you know we could literally be in a situation where 
you know, the comics industry is never going to go away. No, it's not. Ever, and like ever. the comics industry is the only industry where anyone you talk to, they, they think that the apocalypse is coming. But like... <laughs> they've been saying that for a decade now. They've been saying yeah, they've been saying comics now. are dying for a decade. And like this year, comic sales are the best they've ever been since the New 52. So, you know, it's it's amazing. <laughs> you know, new people are still reading comics and that makes me very happy. But yeah, like what I'm trying to say is that comics are the primary thing. If what, like tomorrow they, they said, no more superhero live action adaptations. We're done with that. I'll, be ha- I'll still be happy because the main thing for me comics. is comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's totally Superman fair. flies in my mind. Like, he doesn't fly on a TV show. He flies on the comic page. But anyway. <laughs> that's that's totally fair. And I, yeah. I totally get that. And there'll be, you know, it comes down to, you know, I mentioned Dragon Ball earlier when we were talking about the Flash villain. It, it really depends on who you talk to. Is Dragon Ball a manga or an anime first? It's a, it's a manga first, like like uh, t- uh, chronologically. But like to a lot of people, they think of Dragon Ball, they think of the, uh, the anime. And yeah. I think we're going to get to a point with, um, especially with Marvel and their consistent MCU canon, it's going to be like, when you say Marvel, half the world's going to think of the comics, half the world's going to think of the movies. Um, and I don't think either option at this point in time is necessarily wrong. And I don't mind either option. I love the fuck out of these movies. Um, and I definitely love the fuck out of these comics. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably just agree with you <laughs> uh I'm, I'm just happy like the movies and tv shows are getting people to read comics and that's I, that's uh, i love superheroes period yeah. so uh, whatever form i can take good superhero content in whether it's a poster a chair a movie a comic or a, you know, an action figure of iron heart i'll take it oh cool you have iron heart i, I have, have iron integrated heart. spider-man suit i like the way that integrated spider-man suit looks every time i see it i'm like it looks cool i love the concept Oh, you got Peacemaker. Do you have the whole Suicide Squad set up? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, my Ultron just lost his bubbles. Um, yeah, um, so like Armageddon's about Despero coming to Earth and he basically tells the Flash, I have to kill you because in 10 years, you're going to cause an Armageddon that ends the world. <laughs> and uh, Despero is a psychic, so he can actually show the Flash what he's seen. And... Um, it's true, yeah. Despero is trying to save the world from the Flash because in ten years the Flash runs so fast that he destroys the world. And the this season, like this season's opening, is actually pretty cool because the Flash is the most powerful he's ever been. He's like he can save a train from getting destroyed in twelve seconds, and he takes down like a very comic accurate uh, Royal Flush gang in no time flat. Like he's not the flash that a lot of people might be familiar with in the show where he needs to rely on his team all the time. He's more of a leadership role. And like, you know, he's so powerful that in the, if he was evil, he would definitely be able to destroy the world. <laughs> and it's interesting because like, because Despero is such a brute, like in, for example, in Young Justice, he comes to Earth to fight just because he can and because he thinks Earth is, a, Earth is um, becoming too powerful. So he wants to, put them back down bottom of the food chain. But in here, Despero is really trying to save the world. And it hints at the fact that Despero might have a connection to Earth because he calls Earth our planet, but he still says that he was born among the stars and everything. So yeah, it's, um, it's cool. And it's cool that they're bringing back characters who, whose shows have ended. Like they brought back in the first episode of this crossover, the Adam, who is not in Legends anymore. 
what is legends like at the moment uh it's uh it's it's pretty insane it's pretty like far from the comics at this point like they have their own original characters and constantine recently left the show and it's hinted at the fact that constantine had to leave the show because warner brothers is working on their own constantine movie movie <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that is sad. It, it's yeah. it's sad. Okay. Wasn't it? Um. This is not the first time that would make sense because wasn't it that they literally only killed off members of the Suicide Squad in Arrow because they were making the Suicide Squad? Yeah. Movie? Yeah. They killed off Waller as well. Which is really like it's yeah. like it's you, so stupid. You, you can have both. You you are actually allowed to have both because no one's going to look at Amanda Waller and Arrow and Amanda Waller and Suicide Squad and go, I wonder if this is the same character. It's played by a different actress in a set in a different universe. Clearly. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. It's the same logic behind why they don't want Batman or the Joker to appear in any of these shows. It's so they, they think they think that it it'll dilute the effect that these characters have more so than confusing the audience. It's like they don't want to overuse them in everywhere in every medium. But at the same time, they they let Superman appear in multiple mediums. So Warner Brothers thinking Batman is ever going to dilute in popularity is the single fun. Yeah, they want to they want to create artificial scarcity of uh, Batman and and the Joker. That's and so... it goes to show how much Warner Brothers doesn't give a shit about Superman anymore. <laughs> I, you know what? That, that may actually be the best case you can make as to why people might genuinely think that people that Warner Brothers doesn't care about Superman anymore. It's weird because I I genuinely agree with Tom Taylor. I think Superman is a character who's actually built for current times. As far as yeah, what he's, he is. About. he's very much built for current times. He's like, a, uh, especially if he's evil, which is when he's at his best. Clearly, Ashraf, right? When Superman's evil, it's it's best Superman, right? That's what yes. you believe. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck evil Superman. You should I, finish Superman and Lewis. Um, I should, I should. Yeah. I've been, Brian, the reason Brian I have talking about like all of us getting together and watching that. Uh, we've been trying to set it up, and every time trying. I do, Sam has now a friend over, going. or Sam has a parent coming over, and it's like, Sam, stop. We are also your social life. Please put us first. <laughs> Honestly, it is Sam's fault. Fuck it. Let's throw him yeah, on the bus. It. It's not yeah, it's Sam's fault. We, we haven't actually... It actually technically is. A little, although he didn't know his parents were coming around that one time, I believe. Yeah, I actually I think, think he didn't realise it was that weekend or something Yeah, like Brian, Brian said he, he was really bad at planning at that point. Brian <laughs> threw him under the bus. So. Brian threw him right under the bus. Yeah. He was like, yeah, you know what? Sam's not great at planning. Okay, things. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Armageddon, that's what Armageddon is about. The first episode is really good. Return to form for that show after a really poor season that was affected by COVID. And um, I'm really excited for the rest of the crossover. The second episode of that crossover is today. Um, I think it'll eclipse uh, that little known Marvel show that's coming out today as well that uh, I forgot the name of. <laughs> oh, um, you know, uh, what the Green Arrow spinoff or whatever it's called, but um, uh, yeah, no, 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 I think it's um, Hawk Guy, Hawk Guy. I, you know, it's funny that you say that because that's literally what Kate Bishop calls him in the comics, yeah, yeah, in the comics. It's yeah. great, it's it would have been great. It, he has to, she has to call him that, she has to. I haven't seen Hawkeye yet, obviously, it's coming out today it. as of a recording. Yeah. Um, I'm also seeing Venom today, finally, oh, uh, yes, I'm at, at the, it soon. So before before next episode, we'll have a yeah. We will talk about Venom finally. God, it feels so weird to be behind again. <laughs> Shit, like what happened, man? We were doing so <laughs> well in Australia. Uh, it, this yeah. great country. Well, Let's... fuck this pandemic. It's been affecting my favorite TV shows and movies, and of course, killing a lot of people and affecting their lives. And but specifically, it's been it's been making my life difficult. That does, you know, that's that's yeah. the problem here. I need my pop culture. It's like, 
you know, like back to the the TV shows talk. I like the Flash also, not because not just because it's like an earnest attempt at adapting superheroes in like a soap opera format. Because co- comics are like soap operas, but for boys. Um, it's also like it was. It's a constant in my life, you know. It's like no matter what happens in my life, I come home and I watch Flash every week. That's something I look forward to every week. Like Supergirl ended recently. And it was, I got emotional, I'll be honest, because like Supergirl's been there ever since I moved to this country. And then now it's over and, you know, I'm going to get deported. <laughs> That's really bizarre you say that because I remember watching the first episode of Supergirl. So it's really bizarre to think that like that is one of your constants for living here in Australia is Supergirl's been there. Um, now, that's, that's one of the provisions of my visa is that I could only be here as long as Supergirl's on so it's really sad oh bye Ashraf yeah <laughs> oh that's uh, why Sam isn't here Supergirl's over so he has to go yeah back. oh he's, he's on the same visa is he well yeah, I guess I guess Comic Cops gonna have to find two more thoughts because I know Tasmania has no internet which is why Tasmania has no internet any and everyone commits incest there it's really fucked up yeah um the two-headed weirdos yeah Love you, that's how the Tasmanian devil was developed. Is this um, how you talked about me when I wasn't on the podcast? <laughs> well, if you watch, then you know. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I didn't. I watch a lot of them. Um, because I got told, uh, got told one conversation which was about condoms and how I'm a wrestling condom or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I need to see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave myself there. No, no, it's that's we, right. We I don't even it. watch the podcast. What are you doing? Yeah, what are no. you we, doing? We've got, some, we've got a lot more new listeners, too. It's interesting. Um, we, we've got, we've, our subscribers have gone up. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm really surprised because during the Toy Fair, I don't know if you were here for that, so during the Toy Fair, I ran into a lot of new listeners. Same with uni. I've been running into a lot of new listeners at uni. People come up to me and talk to me about the podcast. I, I, I am waiting for the day that someone goes, you. And I'm not saying that because I got an ego about it. We are a little podcast at best, um, but it's, it would be great if even just one person out in the wild. Because like at the toy fair, it makes sense. Sam like is friends with basically everyone who goes there. So yeah. eventually someone's going to say, hey, I know you. You're Sam's mate on the podcast. <laughs> Sam's mate? Is that... Uh, we, do we just work for Sam? I... Well, I mean, for the longest time, this channel was called Sam Crips. Oh, <laughs> Imagine this was called the Sam Crips podcast. Jesus, I would kill myself. I, I, I genuinely speak, like, when he said Comic Thoughts for the first time, I think it's been documented very well that I have had an issue with the name Comic Thoughts forever. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I'm so used to saying it is is deeply disturbing on an emotional level. <laughs> um, I genuinely thought, like, when he said Comic Thoughts, I'm like, can we just call it the Sam Crips podcast? <laughs> he has a huge ego. He had a huge, um, I don't know. If people went to the toy fair, you would see that he had a huge cardboard cutout of himself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I, um, I honestly, when I first when, when I first saw Nerd Paradox, I thought that little superhero hero guy was like meant to be him um, at first, but then I saw him without a hat for the first time and realized it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, it's the, the little idealized guy, version of him. Yeah, the little guy's got hair. <laughs> And glasses. So, he doesn't wear. He's fucking blind as a bat. And he doesn't wear glasses. Does he have glasses? Do you know this? Does he? Like, does. Does he, 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 does. he has he them, but doesn't wear them. Glasses. No, he doesn't. He's, he, he he can't see, dude. See, that makes sense. Yeah, that that does make sense. That adds he's, up. He's short-sighted. That makes sense. That does. I feel like I already knew that. You know, when yeah. you feel like you already know something, but now you're just sort of being re re re. You know, like like playing like playing a video game for the first time in years, and you're going like, I know this. I've forgotten a lot of it. Yeah, I have to relearn it. 
Well, well, I see it as like that cardboard cutout is like the comic version of Sam Cripps, and then the the live action one is the live action adaptation of Sam Cripps. The adaptation of Sam Cripps too. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, speaking about adaptation, <laughs> how true to form should costumes and powers go when it comes to live action adaptations? It's like we use Sam as an example. Um, yeah. In the live action adaptation of Sam, they toned him down, made him more contemporary. I mean, as contemporary as the '80s can get. <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still kind of out of place. Um, um, love you, genuinely, Sam. We wouldn't be doing this podcast without you. Love you. Um, all from love. I love you, Sam. Absolutely. We don't. We're Austra- we're Austra- I'm Australian. You're Australian. We're all Australian uh, not here. Oh, yeah. You're not Australian. You know, uh, Ashraf. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Do you? Do, okay. You know what? Actually, I just I just stumbled on an interesting topic. Do you consider yourself Australian? Legally, I'm not. <laughs> uh, oh, hopefully soon, I will be. Outside of the legal boundaries, do you consider like, myself Australian? Are you waiting um, for that little yeah, sure, legal yeah, yeah, notice? Like, all right. Well, you know what? You, you're a part of this culture. Then you're Australian. We give shit because we love people. Yeah. If we don't like someone, we don't give them shit. <laughs> we we yeah, have a yeah. go at them. If we're yeah. giving you shits because we taking the piss, uh, taking the piss. It's a national. It is a national sport. Why why is Australian vernacular so gross? Uh we were criminals, right? Oh right. <laughs> You're criminals that, that I, conquered this country. I am a, blood. I am 25% criminal. I am 25% victim. I'm 25% no 50% victim if you want to count Czechoslovakia. Uh and I'm 25% uh the second unluckiest European country. Um that people actually know where they are on the map. I don't know the percentage of my nationalities. Um, <laughs> I, I have a very different view on how I view nationality is. I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, I was. It was merely a joke. I actually. So, uh, yeah, you, you you have no idea of any like um, extra nationalities. Outside. Oh, I do. I do. I just. Don't, yeah? I just. I don't know. I've been like a lot of people. I mean, say that. Oh, I'm you know this much German or this much uh, Italian or whatever. It's like. I, I was born in Malaysia and lived there for 17 years, so I'm Malaysian. But now I live in Australia, so I consider myself Australian, kind of. I mean, I, like... I think people should just, you know, I don't know. It's that, like, I, but, you know, it's all, it's all a social construct, you know? It's like, fuck it. I mean, I've always, I've always been like, nationalism as a form of pride has always been weird to me. It's like, I mean... I was having this conversation with my sister. I was like, when you see someone ra- uh, raise a flag, like a flag in the backyard, what do you think they think this country is? Like, what do you think goes through their head? Because, like, what is Australia? Is it a landmass? Is it the people? Is it the governing body? Is it all of these things? Like, what is Australia to to them? What is any yeah. country to anyone when they raise a flag? Because, like, yeah, it's it, it's uh... like you said, it's a social. In many ways, it's a social construct. Um, it is it's very much, and it's like this country's not even called Australia. It's a bunch of fucking white people came here and called it. That. <laughs> this country didn't have a name to begin with, because yeah, it was, Abra- it was like different, different parts had different names. Yeah, know? different, like, um, uh, different, uh, different Aboriginal mobs had different yeah, so, so ideas. Like, so I, I, you know, it's complicated. Complicated when I view nationality or race or anything. It's just like, uh, I don't know. Same, same thing with gender. I, I think, I think these. These sorts of constructs were made to oppress people, and I hope that we can move past them. You know, 
<laughs> I think I don't think they're all made to oppress people. They can be used in that sense, in the same way that a hammer can be used to build a building or break. Oh, but a, but break specifically, hands. gender gender is definitely used to oppress and otherwise. Same thing. Oh, with- definitely. Can, again, it can be, but I I do think you know there oh, is but- certainly a place for knowing to an extent medically. <laughs> Where someone sits, oh, but, but there's, there's no medical basis for gender, though. It's medical basis for sex. That's true. Actually, yeah, no, gender it, is no, definitely a social construct. And like, yeah, actually, what no, we consider when you put it like that, I get yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah, when we consider like gender roles and all of that, it gender comes with so much baggage and so much. I don't know, so much heavy shit like women's suffrage and all of that. That that was that all had to come about because a bunch of Europeans thought that women should do this and men should do this and all that. It, it just, it just makes me sour, makes me mad, makes me sad. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I mean, it's not just Europeans. Gender has been used as as a as a means of control by uh, almost every culture on the planet. Very few cultures um, but like, didn't have some kind of like gender. It, it, we're talking about in like we're talking about Australia. Like Indigenous Australia had a more egalitarian approach to gender. Like men and women had the same roles. Same with like pre-agrarian cultures they had you know men and women work side by side and like when and we talk about colonialism we talk about like the fucking nuclear family and we talk about like women sequestered to the home and you know that's a very much western view of things but anyway oh, i digress that's that, that that's my view on gender and my view of nationality through my marxist lens <laughs> we got really serious sam goes away and like the, the yeah, serious got, topics come political out. Yeah, we go super political. Absolutely. Uh, Um, How how close to a comic should a power and costume be presented? Yeah, uh, because like (laughs) we're getting acquainted with Miss Marvel soon, and Eternals just came and went, and like they very much differed from Steve. No, sorry, Jack Kirby's original designs were. I mean, the movie was as was confusing, nonsensical mess. So it's a very, very much you really the think Eternals comic. Yeah. No, I don't think it was confusing. Yeah. I think some people thought it was confusing uh, based on some things that just. It's very much an Eternals. Uh, there's this. There's this great. Uh, there's this video by NerdSync where Scott. Um, I say him like I know him. Uh, the guy who runs it named Scott, he was like, yeah, so I didn't like Eternals too much. It wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't great. But also, like, it's kind of fair given that the Eternals comics are also bad. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Actually, yeah, let's, let's, it's really interesting. Like, I've actually not heard anyone say the Eternals comics is amazing. Um, that, yeah. that being said, they, they, yeah, there is definitely some changes in, in how characters look, how characters uh, work. Uh, the adaptation certainly has changed for the MCU uh, at this point in time. And I guess here's the thing, right? The, the Eternals thing. has changed from comics to movies while still sort of like, if you know the comics, you can look at the movie and go, I see where they get that from. The difference between the MCU and the comics seems to be the same sort of difference that 616 had from the Ultimate Universe. Uh, yeah, like it's it's still like recognizably. Okay, I get who that is, and I get why he's like this in this universe, or I get why she does this, or why that costume looks like that in this context. It's still that character in many regards. How close to the comics should they be? As close as they can get, while still for the MCU, it's a bit difficult because you're not just working with an adaptation that's a solo adaptation anymore. You're working within the context of a universe. 
And so are the comics. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, and yeah, the comics have sort of an established style. Like modern Marvel has an established superhero concept. You know what certain characters will look like. Um, modern DC will have the same deal. Like not everyone looks the same, but you can sort of see like the New Fifty Two Justice League lined up and see, okay, clearly these are all from the same lineup because they all look like they got that New Fifty Two design. Um, you know, removing the trunks, adding in a little bit of extra line work to give some more detail. Like there's there's certain things that that certain areas of comics do with their their costume design. The nineties they they liked um, accessorizing and shoulder pads. So it's but at the same time, Spider Man looks like Steve Dicko drew him in MCU. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's it's true. It's really interesting that Spider-Man's got one of the few costumes that have really avoided alteration in the sense that you have him do a new costume every now and again, but he 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 goes back to that classic costume like more. No one ever thinks, oh, he's going to stick with a spider armor this time. No. No one ever, but when when they got rid of Superman's trunks, a lot of people generally thought that was it. Like he he may never go back to classic Superman. uh yeah and until he did <laughs> until he did like superman yeah. went back to classic superman but um with spidey his seems to be one of the few costumes that like is untouchable in that sense it's perfected every time they try to change it they always go back to- even though it's even though it makes no sense because there's webs on him he's not web man is he ashraf no it's not. Costume like, makes no sense <laughs> like it's it's been so ingrained in our culture that we accept it as cool like <laughs> batman looks cool superman looks cool but like <laughs> if I created those characters today, they definitely wouldn't look like that, you know. Like, well, that's it. That's an issue of looking at. It's like, I mean, how different would our culture be if we didn't have Spider-Man in the sixties? Fucking, we would be cavemen. And <laughs> you think our whole society would have devolved? Yeah, it would have. If I like changed that little thing, if I shot Stanley and Steve, killed them, murdered them, shoved them in a printing press or something, and traveled back to now times, we would be living. In like a post-apocalyptic nightmare. It's actually funny when we think about. It. Look at the amount of Spider-Man I got around by me. There's a good chance that if I didn't, if Spider-Man didn't happen, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast. I'd be a very different I, person. Yeah, I'd be. I don't know. I'd be some. I'd be wallowing around in the dirt, <laughs> scavenging through trash. What What is like, like your pre? pre-civilized man okay so here's my question so like okay what is like your like favorite and least favorite live action i think we talked about this before yeah we talked about some time like it's been some time like do you have like a favorite or any that you feel like doesn't get mentioned enough is like a really great adaptation (laughs) adaptation adaptation um i think you know like (laughs) we're talking about ditko designs dr strange is pretty good he's got a great uh, yeah. design isn't he but and I th- uh, it's clearly Doctor Strange too yeah it is like and they could go further like in the what if episode it was more like this comic counterpart he was in a way yeah. wasn't he like he and had I the designs in the, he had in the multiverse of madness will have an even more accurate one because they talked about it I mean he had the yellow gloves in uh, in Thor Ragnarok yeah and then they removed them <laughs> why I think because I think that was a Taika decision Oh, that's lame. Um, but to also be fair, in that particular movie, that actually kind of fit in with the the wild aesthetic of Ragnarok. So maybe that's why. I also, 
I also really like the Robert Pattinson Batman costume, and not not because it's it's a perfect adaptation. It's because like it's it's not adapting the costume. It's adapting what someone who dresses like Batman would look like in our world. Okay, like to put it into context of what I'm trying to say is that like if someone dressed up like a bat, he would look both goofy and threatening and like that you can see this in the first batman trailer when like the cops are staring at him and like it's if you look at the costume it's like if batman 1939 didn't premiere in 1939 but premiered in 2021 it's like okay. the same yeah i get i get what you're saying it's like if this guy just if batman didn't exist in this universe and a guy went out of his way to make a costume that both looks like a bat, but also was soundly usable in a fight. Or not, no, not, not even like. soundly useful in a fight. Yeah? Just like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you can see it as sort of practical, but like, okay, you look at the original 1939 design with the, the bent ears and the, the insignia on his chest. It's like, they, they took that uh, Bill Finger, Bob Kane design and then they adapted it to 2021. It's like Batman 1939, but 2021 remix. Okay, <laughs> I, I, like, I actually do get what you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and and then I like how the way that people react to it. Like, because the Batman costume has been ingrained in our culture for so long that we've accepted it as cool. And then this brings it back to like, oh yeah, it's kind of weird to have a guy dressed up as like a like a bat, and that's why all those cops are staring at him. That's why he looks like a fucking freak. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, he actually looks like he's meant to kind of look like a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> like he is. He, he he's a he's he's some dude. Like, forget the billionaire aspect. He's some dude dressed as a bat running around the city beating people up. Yeah, yeah, and it and it, it you know it brings that aspect back. It's like, yeah, he's fucking weird. <laughs> All like, the cops are like, "What the fuck is he doing here?" So here's the thing, right? Like, you know how like they have J. Jonah Jameson for Spider-Man. Like with, yeah. with Batman, I always thought with Spider-Man, you could sort of go, yeah, but there's so many examples of him like literally catching cars that fall off bridges and him saving and stopping fires. With Batman, <laughs> I'm surprised there isn't more of a, of a presence of like, this guy's a fucking menace. He's just running around beating people up. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't the cops stop him? <laughs> and, like, then, and, then, and then they're like, are the cops working with him? Like, and in the Dark Knight, the, the cops deny his existence and say that they're not working with him, even though there's a light on the GCPD building. So that, that's that's a cool aspect as well. Oh, and you also have to view the fact that Gotham is a failed state, kind of, where like it's the US government's embarrassment, where they kind of want to pretend it doesn't exist. So how do we make Detroit more gothic and worse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so literally like yeah. basically what people think Detroit is, make it as 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 full of people as New York City and then give it a gothic overtone and yeah. you got Gotham City. Yeah, that's it. And then like, it's so far gone that people need a guy who dresses up like a bat. To... Imagine living in Gotham, right? Yeah, that's fucked. Like, like I, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine, you know, struggling to find, like just even me right now being like i want to find an apartment or a home and i want to go live it's it cheap, and i want to get a good job well that, that's the thing maybe that's why people still live there yeah well the, people still live there the same the same reason why people still live in shitty places all around the world because they can't get out mm. or they've just been there all their lives as well and they never even think about getting out in a way yeah and the world outside of Gotham. 
Donate now to get people out of Gotham. The spirit of the character. Basically, I think what it is is you take the cliff note, you take the same note that you would from the original costume design and basically go, right, now let's apply that to something we can have in this real world. I think one of the best examples of an adaptation is Captain America's World War II costume. That's pretty good. Like, I love, I love the fact that it just, you put him next to a bunch of World War II soldiers and something about it looks feasible. Like, it's clear, like, it looks like some kind of World War II semi sci-fi fantasy gear. Like, they would give a super soldier in that time period and you take away the colors, it wouldn't actually look that outlandish. The thing that makes it outlandish is the colors. And the only reason that he has the colors is because he is Captain America and was before he was in the army, technically. Like he was um, their poster boy. Literal poster boy. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So like they've got all these things, you know, reasons for why. I think is, is a great example of what you can do with a comic adaptation costume, Robert Pattinson's um, Batman costume. I definitely like it more than... How do you feel about some of the? Uh, do you like any of the DC EU costume, like the Justice League? Any of the main six? Oh, One Woman's perfect. Yeah, actually, yeah, no, that's a good point. One Woman is pretty much a spot on, isn't it? Uh, Aquaman's Aquaman design and Aquaman twenty eighteen. Aquaman is perfect. I actually, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. What do you think of Cyborg? Messy, right? Like, uh, to messy. me, it was always too I, messy. I actually really, really love the Doom Patrol version of Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Flash. I always thought his 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 DCEU costume was a bit messy as well. Yeah, it's a bit. It's really messy. And but at the same time, <laughs> the way it's drawn, you can't have a human being look like that. <laughs> you can't have a practical costume that looks like that. Or not you... not even practical costume. Like the costume can't exist in a physical space. And mm. yeah, but the Flash TV show has an almost perfect costume. I prefer, like, they've had, like, three yeah. or four costumes um, among them, and all of them, I yes. thought, were better than the one from the, the movie. Yeah. Like, just yeah. visually, though, like, not even, like, production quality, just visually, I thought they were better. Yeah, like, when he meets Ezra Miller's Flash in Crisis, it's like, it's, I don't know. I, I prefer the TV show Flash. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't mind Ezra Miller, but then again, also at the same time, I keep forgetting his name. He plays Barry in the show grant gustin yeah. grant gustin i thought he i thought he was great definitely one yeah, of the de definitely one of the top five peter parkers we've had <laughs> he's very peter parker apparently, he is apparently very. he was he's auditioned for peter parker before yeah that I, honestly i wouldn't be against it i wouldn't have yeah. been against it because he imagine he, an alternate universe where he's peter parker i mean he i mean he would have been the right age during the amazing spider-man years right he, he'd definitely not be high school age. Yeah. He wouldn't be high school age, but then again, neither was Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Andrew Garfield was like 40. <laughs> <laughs> he's like 60 now. He's actually yeah, doing really well considering he's 60 years old. I mean, if I looked like that when I was 60, I would take that. Andrew Garfield must be... If I were Andrew Garfield, I'd be so pissed that every time I'm going to talk about a new movie, everyone keeps fucking asking about Spider-Man. I, I can't tell if he's just really good at acting at the moment. Like, he's an actor, so I'd assume, like, he's good at acting. Right? I think he's I, terrible at hiding it. <laughs> yeah, go on. I, um, I, I love how he's just committed to it. Like, either he's not in it whatsoever, and he, he, he's genuinely... He's actually probably doing better at hiding his annoyance than he is, because I feel like that would annoy the shit out of me. So, yeah. Or but he guess, is... He's not, he's not bad at acting like he's not in it. It's just that he, he doesn't know what to answer. It's like, he can't really... Like, Saying nothing is saying something, and 
saying that you're not in it is lying. Because even if you break it down and go, look, if I say yes, I'm in trouble. If I say no, you're not going to believe me. What do you, what do I do in this situation? Yeah. So, so he's gone crazy with it. He just says stuff like, I'm not the werewolf. And recently he said that, he said, I think the, the verbatim line he said was that we're living in a capitalist dystopia. <laughs> when, when, when someone asked him if he was in the movie. And uh, when we're on the we're economic collapse because of a uh, climate disaster or something, that's like that. I saw a headline that said that. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, he is. Fair, he is right. To be fair, we are uh, cl- climate. Uh, cl- our climate issues are bad. Um, yeah, so it's not it's wrong. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do, I do feel like just dodging the question by having answers that aren't real. Like if he just like if he gets asked, "Hey, are you in the new Spider-Man movie?" and he just turns around and like starts like saying, "You know what my favorite play of all time was." <laughs> And I oh, miss yeah. Christopher Lee. <laughs> ben Affleck, Ben Affleck had a really amazing reaction when he was promoting Live by Night, and people kept asking about Batman, and he was over Batman at that point. He's like, he swore at some interviewers that, like, what the fuck does everyone keep asking me about Batman? I'm trying to promote my own fucking movie that I directed, and people keep asking me about Batman. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So we might be running out of time here. So like. No, we got at least 15 minutes to go. Oh uh, yeah, we. Just, I still want to talk about some other stuff. Uh, do you want to talk about Hawkeye predictions? Uh, I think we've talked a lot about it. Uh, I hope he, I, I like, I genuinely just want like. Oh yeah, we have talked a lot about it. We have talked a lot about Hawkeye. Is there any last minute changes to what you think it's going to be I like? I want to purple costume with the H. Maybe. Uh, maybe some kind of hybrid design between his. Yeah. Since we're talking his, about that. His Matt Fraction and. I, we, will ne- we, will, we will never get the, the mask. And I, I honestly, I think don't. we will. If they if they can lampshade, if they can lampshade uh, Wanda and Vision's classic costumes, they can do it. Uh, you know, it, it, so, there was that was part- Captain America. Perfect adaptation. That, you know what? You're right. Per- it is actually the perfect adaptation. Like I don't think I could have asked for a better representation of that costume. It is and literally he's supposed to look goofy as well. <laughs> but yeah. It, it, like legitimately, I, that is the part of the reason that costume. And then I saw the hot toys of that costume is part of the reason I'm I'm starting to collect hot toys at the moment because oh I saw that and I'm like, that is actually too good. That like it it is too and like even Scarlet Witch actually I'll, I'll go as far as to say Scarlet Witch's costume. In in it in took so long, it took so long. But when we got there, and I mean, it's not like she's out of the MCU anytime soon. Like that costume's gonna stick around for a while. Yeah, better. It's, it, it, it's actually funny because you've been saying things like, "Are they embarrassed about the thing?" And I'm like, I, "I'm pretty sure we've gotten the most comic accurate costumes in a row this year alone." Like Black Widow finally got her golden um, wristbands. We finally got the white costume. Um, we got Red Guardian. Fucking hell, full oh, Red yeah. Guardian. Like we uh, Vision, White Vision, Scarlet Witch um you know we, we we're getting like we've got so many great costumes from from marvel Doctor strange yeah maybe maybe you're right <laughs> i don't know I, I just felt that they were embarrassed because defenders left a bad taste in my mouth maybe but yeah Defenders has a, it does seem like you, you're uh, the 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 Netflix the shows yeah. have definitely i still get why they didn't put the costumes on like it's not like oh they we're gonna like, uh, yeah. I mean, the way they put the costumes on requires them to be at the Domo. 
And it makes sense. Like, I, I'm not imagining someone like Icarus being like, all right, give me five minutes, and then goes and finds a way to shimmy his way into that really I mean, tight they, outfit. They could write anything. They could, like, write this as a Dragon Ball transformation. I don't know. Well, he goes Super Saiyan, essentially. Yeah, and that's in his costume. Who knows, dude? It's like, you know, I, I, I like, I, you, you know what? I am, I am, I am a Dragon Ball mark. So, yeah. you know, you know, I wouldn't have said no to that. It would have I... been cool. It would have really been. Oh, cool. fuck. There was also another costume that I didn't like. That premiere recently what was that oh well i forgot i forgot what it was no well, because I, maybe eternals Hawkeye, Hawkeye, yeah, venom venom looks like was venom. it is it loki miss marvel she hulk yeah. moon knight uh, yeah we haven't um, seen yeah. we, no, well we've seen miss marvel's costume in like set photos it looks great yeah it looks good, it looks good. Uh, that's that's already contemporary though i feel anyway i mean she is is she the most contemporary character to appear in the mcu so far, uh, like when you think of character age, because like technically, <laughs> I don't know. No, Wong's been around for years. Like I oh, mean, no, like I mean, it, like the way he looks. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like they've definitely. Um, I like the way Wong looks in the MCU, especially like when you compare it to his. He's not just the tea servant, and I, yeah, and I like that. Not, yeah. Because even yeah. in the comics, when Wong throws down, he's a powerful sorcerer. Like more knowledgeable than strange. He's he, he, and for a sorcerer, knowledge is power. Yeah, right, right. So I always thought like it was really weird that he was just the tea servant, or at least viewed oh, that way. And 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 the fucking Fox X Men movies. That's a great example of um of really being just being being a Barrett. Well, I mean, because the man in charge of Fox, one of the one of the executives literally said, "There is not a we don't think there is a, a market." or something like that for people in tights running around saving the world. Something akin to that statement. This was like post-Avengers Age of Ultron, moving into into Infinity War. It's like, you sure about that one, mate? <laughs> what, is what, that the timer? That is the timer. We've got 10 minutes left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked a lot about a lot of the things that we want to go through. Um, I might as well talk about fucking the comic book Writers Union comic book. We've been political enough in this episode. We're going to upset a lot of people. I don't fucking care. Let's go. Let's okay, talk about unions. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about using unions. Like the, the thing that everyone listening and the people on the podcast have in common is that we're all workers or we know someone who's a worker or we're relying on someone who's a worker. Even if you're not working right now, you're, you get income as a result of work. Um, so Image Comics, as you all know, was formed in the 90s because uh, the writers and artists at DC and Marvel, the big two, weren't getting what they really deserve in terms of royalties and everything. Um, they were getting fucked over by these big companies. So we thought, okay, let's start a company where we actually own the rights to our characters that we make, instead of like making a character and having some big corporation own it and decide the rights for it and um, make money off of it in terms of adapting it. And uh, Image was built on that sense where like, it's a really, it's comics by people who write and draw comics. And when you do a comic for Image, you don't get a lump sum upfront like at DC or Marvel, but you own the rights to the character and you get uh, royalties based on how well the comic performs. And like, you know, Robert Kirkman is one of the r richest comic book creators in the world because fucking Walking Dead is a global phenomenon. He owns, that one guy owns that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like Image has been really, has a controversial like, 
past as well because Tom McFarlane has there's been arguments about who owns what in terms of image sometimes because capitalism is a beast that requires you to compete and competing is really hard when you're up against companies who will milk every dollar from uh from the labor force and that's that doesn't excuse anything so recently uh the editorial stuff of image meaning not the writers or the artists like uh like people like the editors the managers stuff like that they're they decided to unionize um the majority of them decided to form a union called comic book workers united i think yeah yeah it is and um they use uh an organizing giant to help them organize this uh they're called the cwa yeah it's uh what does cwa stand for so the so the so not the writers the editors and the management have formed a union yeah yeah the editors and management form a union uh because because uh being an editor in any comic book company is grueling work uh there's a lot of talk about how like they don't they don't get sleep they have to answer emails outside of work hours stuff like that and they have so many things to man manage like they they basically do more than what they're paid for and so they decide okay let's unionize and have more rights than we already have uh because in the comic book industry it's not like the tv or film industry where you have unions all around it's pr basically freelance work like yeah. the artists and writers are freelancers and the editorial staff are non-union <laughs> and this is you know possibly the start of uh changing that in the industry like this is the first union in any of these big companies and unfortunately image uh and robert kirkman have decided not to recognize the union i've pleaded no comment anytime someone asks them about it and you know it's pretty fucked <laughs> yeah so look laying all my cards on the table uh my mum is actually what actually works in a union she has yeah. worked in uh, two unions now. Um, she is a big believer in unionization. Uh, and uh, as am I, uh, I, I genuinely, because like at the end of the day, when you talk about unionization, it's the power of the people. And mm. I pretty much believe, I believed that long before I even understood what unionization was, the power of the collective of people coming together to work together to help make sure you and everyone around you is actually okay and being treated right. That is to me what unionism is and what I, why I've subscribed to the idea of it being the way to go. Why whenever I get a job or get, get involved anywhere, I look at the union, uh, why I join the union, why I pay union fees, because I genuinely believe in that. The other thing that I want to know is that um, people sometimes forget that the union is actually the workers, not the organization. Um, yeah. the union is actually the people so the editors getting together and forming the union like that is just how it works they are the union you know the, the, it doesn't matter if they become overhead or not anyone who joins the union is actually the union so my opinions on all these is going to be basically like yeah they should fucking form a union if they're getting fucked over if you're, if you're getting fucked over you have literally no one to rely on but the people in the foxhole with you also getting fucked over who also want to make sure that they're okay and you're okay. That is the only real route you can have, especially like you say, in these capitalist situations where it's like, well, the only person you've got is the other person who's also being milked dry for all their worth. So work with them, come together, unite, unionize. So 
doesn't shock me that the people above them have gone, what union? We don't, we don't see any union here. Yeah. What, what are you you're talking about? In America, about? it's a really dirty word, union. It's a very dirty word. Yeah. Uh, part of the issue, from what my understanding, and the thing is, is unions in Australia, and like anyone who's listening internationally needs to, unions in Australia and unions in America, they are the same, but they are different in many regards. Because the history of the country and the nature of the workforce will reflect on the union and how a union is perceived and how unions function. Because again, a union is just essentially a group of people that informs the culture of a union. So American unions do differ a bit from Australian unions in that regard. Um, still a union. It's, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not- At the heart of it, they're trying to organize their workforce to fight for rights, you know, it's like, fight for the rights of the people that actually make the thing that makes the company money. Like without yeah. them, without workers, the world would squeeze to a halt and how workers unite is through unions. That's how it is, how it's yeah. been, yeah. So uh, the thing is, is uh, Ashraf, you said you wanted to talk about this because it could actually have uh, like uh, effects on the rest of the comic industry and it could. Once one union forms and is successful, it's very hard for people not to look at it and consider it if they're in a shit position as well. And I don't know what the situation is for workers at Marvel or DC or Valiant, um, but like, especially during COVID time, I, I, wouldn't, I couldn't imagine what some of the stresses are like and what some of the expectations have been for, for these workers especially at some like you think it's a picture of someone like dc or marvel for an editor how many like okay look at how many books image puts out look how many books dc puts out yeah (laughs) on a week imagine being an editor at dc yeah imagine how many departments you have to communicate with like for a character like batman how many fucking people you get to go through to approve something in a comic because like batman has to be on children's pajamas and toys he and, can't give head. Yeah, he can't give head. He can't give head. You yeah. gotta make sure that there's no there's no oral sex in a Batman comic, which uh, I'm sure is a on top of meeting deadlines. You have to worry about that shit. <laughs> you gotta worry about deadlines, quality, and like everything has an almost everything has an editor to an extent. Like producers in movies are essentially they work like editors in in this sense. There are some of the best examples. Like Dragon Ball is a manga. It's essentially a Japanese comic. They have editors too. Cell Saga, Akira Toriyama creates the story, gets it to a certain point. Editor goes, your villains are just an old man and a fat clown. Change them. Introduces more villains on top of them. Android 17, 18, and 16. Your villains are just a bunch of punk kids. Change them. Introduces Cell. Your villain is just some kind of insect monster. Make him better. (laughs) It makes him into his imperfect form. Yeah, your villain kind of looks like an idiot. When's his perfect form coming up? Gives him his perfect form. Finally, you've got a villain that we like. Took him a whole saga to get there. That's one person writing one manga. You know, that's just one person writing one manga. And the editor is involved in this process the entire way through as well. That kind of nonsense changing and about to try and appease to... A demographic and be successful is something that an editor does. Imagine having to do that for multiple comics. Because while Akira Toriyama, the creator and the writer, is, is going like, shit, I've got to come up with something and do this, the editor is also considering all this and the marketing and, and how, you know, so the marketing of the thing, 
the creative thing, the future of it all, how's it all going to work together. And doing that for one would be a lot. Doing that for multiple comics is a lot to ask. It is. It is. It is. And, you know, like there's, there's, um, there's some interviews about this subject from Hollywood Reporter and um, some other publications. And I think Hollywood Reporter one mentions a Marvel editor who says that whenever he's, you know, at a family dinner or something and people ask him about his job and he's like, oh, I work for Marvel. They're like, oh my God, that's awesome. And then he immediately says it's grueling work and it's underpaid for what you have to do. So, you know, that's at Marvel. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine being an editor for in, in one way because this would destroy me if I had someone walk up to me with something that they've created, if they were an artist and they, they drew an entire comic. And they had the, you know, everything written down. I went, this is my comic. This is what I've made. Well, I've put my heart and my soul onto this. Here you go. And I turned out and look at it and go, it's not good enough. Change this, change this, change this, and get it to me by next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. That not would only, suck. Yeah. That would that, suck. But on top of every- that, imagine if your writer has a death in the family and you tell them that you have to still have to meet their deadline. Right. What do you do? Do you go, oh, well, like, do you go, you need to meet this deadline for my job as well? Because if you don't meet this deadline, I don't meet this deadline. Then my boss is mad at me. So I'll be mad at you. What do you do in that situation on top of that where it's like, okay, well, what, what do we just get another writer to come in and fix this shit up? Do we just accept the draft here? Do we just take a risk? Do I be a prick to this guy? He just lost someone. And like the obvious, the good guy thing is you need to go look after your family, but also then you're left with the, uh, I've got a week to make sure a comic book is ready for production. What the fuck do I do? And that, 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 that's, that's, you know, that's to say that kind of pressure shouldn't be on anyone. The writer shouldn't be under that pressure. And the reason the writer's under that pressure is because the editor's under that pressure as well. So there, there needs to be a point where it's like, okay, cool. How do we actually get these guys out of a situation where they're basically going to get fucked over for their time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, unionizing makes sense. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's a good way to bookend this podcast by saying um, all of you listening might not be familiar with unions. That's the most powerful tool you can have. And uh, you should join or look up your local union and look up how to join them and, uh, you know, fight for your rights in the workplace. And uh, it's so easy to go into that line of thinking where you think your boss can control whatever it is that they can do to you. But it's not necessarily true. It's not true at all, actually. They can control every aspect of your life, especially at the workplace. They can't make you do things that aren't, you know, that are inhumane. Oh, they can't make you do things that are inhumane, but you're, you're, there are a lot of bosses, a lot of companies get away with making you do things that you actually shouldn't be allowed, shouldn't be able yeah, to be made yeah. to do. Like um, and safety things and like just working outside of your allotted hours and stuff like that. Stuff like that, uh, underpayments, um, yeah. expecting you have to have certain responsibilities that you don't actually have. Um, uh, not like with McDonald's, they try to fuck their employees over time, uh, all the time over breaks, like really badly. Um, the way, if you haven't joined a union or you haven't made up your mind or you still don't understand, the way my mum put it is this. If you had the option, you would get insurance for your car. Why wouldn't you get insurance for your job? Because that's what it is. It's essentially basically going, here is my way of protecting me as a worker, which if you don't have a job, it sucks. If you have a bad job, it sucks just as much, but in a different way. 
So why not take the time to make sure that you are protected and that you actually work at least a decent job for a decent pay by, by having that support system behind you in the form of the union because no one else is going to support you. And a lawyer is way too more is way more expensive than a union. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and that that's a very lengthy process. It is class action so, lawsuits in the workplace take years, and I'm currently in one as well right now. Yeah, it's it's fucking yeah. No, just look after yourself. Like that's yeah, and look like that's yourself. that's that's all it is. Plus, and, if you and need... stand in solidarity with people who are forming union. I'm not saying boycott image comics because, like, obviously. You know, like I said, creators make money by you buying the comments. Well, that's They're just like that's the other thing. It's it's like boycotting a company is so, like you know, boycotting someone like you said Blizzard when they were being dicks and still are. It was like okay, yeah, but there's plenty of artists and writers on Blizzard's payroll that really deserve to have that. They have a good job. Just gonna boycott them straight out. Just uh, show your support. I'll tweet Robert Kirkman, ask him to fucking <laughs> do something about this. <laughs> I can make yeah. comment instead of like making money off of Walking Dead all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's still making money off Walking Dead, isn't he? Like every yeah, time, it's, it's a global phenomenon. Every time something happens, like he probably got money off of that fucking Talking Dead show as well, right? Yeah, he did. The moment sure. they licensed that out, like it's like here's a talk show where we're going to talk about a TV adaptation of the comic you made a few years ago. Here's a thousand dollars a week. Fuck. Who's the guy from the Nerdist was on that show? Yeah. <laughs> the nerd oh yeah nerdist fucking that's one of those nerdist we should we should totally talk about websites that we don't like there's a lot of <laughs> wow. websites there's a lot of there's a lot of um nerdy websites that are just like they're not great <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're not great um nerdist is probably probably up there uh, yeah. yeah we should we should dedicate an episode to making enemies yeah, well, I mean, the first episode we tried. It's to called make Making enemies. enemies. Yeah. Yeah. No one understands. <laughs> the anniversary what we're episode. No oh, one... we're gonna come out on the anniversary of this podcast. I think it's literally next week. Holy shit! Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. This is episode fifty-one. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god! Should we it's do something? 50 or 51? <laughs> Sam should show up. Is what should happen. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Imagine he doesn't show up for the one-year anniversary. That's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that means last week was episode fifty. Oh. It's either last week <laughs> or this week's episode 50. Oh my god. But what would you um, do in episode 50 celebration if you've you, got you an would think, You would think on the one year anniversary we would have an episode where we're all in the same room. Okay, what you need to do is you need to talk to Anisa and Elizabeth and we need to talk to Bryony and we need to talk to... Super show. Uh, we have everyone we've had on as a guest, so all your mates, the guy who makes games, Brett, <laughs> yeah. All of them, all of them on the same episode and just have oh, one man, big that's fucking... A, that's a high ask. Uh, it's uh, probably not going to happen. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're all your friends, Ashraf. My mum, my mum, I've had her on. We'll have, we'll do something. We'll do we something. We'll, we'll figure we'll it something. out. You yeah. know what? If you, if you, 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 yeah. you, in the comments, the comments down there, just, or if you're on Spotify, then go to the YouTube comments or go to, go to our Facebook, to our Twitter, our Instagram, yeah. whatever, comment. What you would like what to see for our, yeah, our anniversary edition? What do we do? Oh yeah. So what, um, do we do we finally get naked? Because I know we, Sam's there's been so many things that, that we said we we're gonna do, but we didn't end up doing any any of them. We're still waiting for that 250 subscriber special because we haven't got 250 subscribers yet. We if you get us 250, we haven't made shirts. We haven't done anything. Fucking, you, you got just, nothing done. 
I haven't helped in the shirt department because I, I wouldn't wear a comic book I shirt. Haven't, I haven't <laughs> done another playthrough of a video game. Anyway. I, I was working on one on Halloween night and it never came about because some tech issues. Right, <laughs> so I'm trying. That's a good point to end the podcast. Broken promises, people. Yeah. Broken promises. Join your union. Fucking... Superheroes shouldn't kill, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> we never really came to... We, wow, the one episode where we had a chance uh, to really talk about it. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about it in another tangent next Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Spider-Man shouldn't kill. Spider-Man, uh, yeah, I agree. He probably shouldn't go out of his way to kill. I still think what he did in uh, Endgame was, was, was justifiably fair they enough. Shouldn't have, they shouldn't have brought him to do that. I don't know. It's not like... like they are imaginary characters, Connor. It's like you can... There's no, there's no such thing as no choice. That's a choice. Like, I like the thing of, of imaginary characters as if the phrase characters isn't enough to, to give the idea. Like there's You're not imaginary. I, I am a character. I've been told that several times. Yeah. I'm a um, I put that on my dating profile and I, mm-hmm. I just didn't get it. I don't think describing yourself as a character works. I've discovered. Because <laughs> if you walk up and say like, hi, I'm kind of, I'm quite the character. There's, oh my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. Never. I, I just like, oh. That's birth control. That's enough birth control. For, you know, for <laughs> wow. All right. We're ending if you it introduce there. yourself that like that, that's birth control in itself. I, wow. What am I saying? <laughs> Ashraf, how you are? How are you the most? I can't tell if you're like the most. You are the. You are so left wing, in so many regards. But you're also the most politically incorrect person. One of the most politically incorrect how is people that? I know. It, it's just that's just like dumb what i just said politically <laughs> incorrect i think i think it's stupid <laughs> i don't think saying your <laughs> your pickup line is birth control and we already have enough of that is a particularly politically correct line uh, i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i stand by it <laughs> you know honestly, honestly woo, left wing woo you knew nice you knew nice okay so yeah nice. thanks for joining us for this week thank episode. you um Tune in to our other social media things, like Connor just said. And um, Connor, what's your opinion on Snake Eyes again? I didn't, I didn't hear it. My opinion on Snake Eyes. So um, first things first is I actually, before this year, I wasn't really that big into G.I. Joe. But eventually, I actually started buying the G.I. Joe class, classified series and started to fall in love with the characters just through that alone. So I finally decided, you know, screw it. I'll start uh, getting some media into me. I watched some of the TV shows and I was all, all building up to the Snake Eyes movie. And eventually what happens when I, I sat down, I watched it at home and 